0: to be a man, and one day die for me and you. My sin would drop the pills in you, the rugged cross would fall and cross still, still every breath should drown.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Please Christmas. be seated. Welcome to Disciples House, where the Word and Spirit come together to reveal the power of God. Where we're not slothful in business, we're fervent in spirit, and we're serving the Lord. Amen. That's 1 Corinthians two four and Romans 12.11. Well, uh, at upcoming events, tomorrow we will have our Christmas evening worship service. We will not have an evening service tonight. Uh, it's being replaced with the Christmas evening worship service tomorrow night at 5 p.m. Uh, so come join us as we worship God in spirit and truth and bring your favorite Christmas cookies to share during our time of fellowship following the service. All right. Also, Friday night prayer uh, for this week will be rescheduled to uh, Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. before the evening service at 7 p.m. So remember that. That'll be the last week for that. And then upcoming events, uh, January 1st, uh, we will have intercessory uh, and intercessory prayer service for the lost, specifically for the lost. So come join us Monday evening, January 1st at 6 p.m. as we pray for the harvest of the last days. Because Lord knows that our prayers uh, will not go unanswered and, and they will they will avail much. So, and then January 8th, we will resume our normal Friday evening prayer service at 6 p.m. And then January 23rd through the 25th is the Contending Faith Bible Conference in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, So uh, me and Robbie will be going, and uh, Bob and Bethany are going to join us, and uh, we're going to have a good time. All right. And then, of course, the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum will be April 18th through the 20th. And uh, Generation Life Youth Camp will be uh, July 8th through the 12th this year. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Many lives will be changed, so we'll be praying for that. Uh, the Ark Encounter is also Miss Kathy's birthday. So she's going to enjoy that. All right. So, meditation for this week, uh, um, de- the week of December 24th, our in Him is John 3, uh, verses 16 and 17. Out of the King James it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have the everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. All right. So our confession. God loved me so much. That he allowed his only begotten son. Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, that if I believe in him, notice there's an if, I should not die, but have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son to judge me, but so that I, through Christ, might be saved. Praise God. Yes, absolutely. So our healing scripture for this week is Matthew fourteen fourteen, out of the King James. And it says, and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion towards them. And he healed their sick. Seems pretty straightforward. Our confession, the Lord Jesus Christ is moved with compassion for the sick and heals me. Praise God. All right. Well, that's our announcements for this week. I guess we will pray. All right, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for leading and guiding us and giving us the strength to go, to, to move on through life, the strength to 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 speak your word and to share your word and to, and to teach your word, Lord. We know that you make us well able, and that you will you will speak through me and Robbie the words that need to be heard, the words that, that 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 these people came to hear. They came expecting to hear from you and to learn from you and to draw closer to you, and you will you will meet their needs and you will meet. And you will answer their prayers lord you will be here for them and we we're just your humble servants lord and we thank you for using us and and guiding us and leading us satan we bind you in the name of jesus you cannot come to steal kill and destroy you will not will not be able to function you will not be able to move you must leave and you must flee in jesus name lord we thank you for the gift of your son we thank you that you made a way for us, that that we should have everlasting life, and that we should not perish if we would just but believe in him. And we do, Lord. We believe in your son. We believe that he died for us and that he, that he rose again, and that because of him, we are saved. Because of him, we are healed. Because of him, we are whole. Because of him, we are prosperous. Because of him, we are not separated from you. Lord, we just thank you. For that plan that you had, that plan that you brought to pass, the plan that was fulfilled, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you notice, Derek's not here this morning. Uh, he's he's having some complications uh, from his from his uh, gastric bypass, uh, and and he's in a, a good bit of pain. But but uh, thankfully, we took him to the hospital last night, and he is uh, doing much better. Uh, they gave him some pain, pain medicine and some and stuff to help him out. But uh, we thought it might be best if he stayed home and rested today. So I'll be doing the confession. All right. So are you ready? All right. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Praise God. Amen, amen,
0: amen, amen.
1: I'm so glad that the
2: Christmas story never, ever gets old. Amen. For
0: God's love for us never, ever gets old. Jesus' sacrifice and his example never, ever gets old. Amen. is your day is your day of the hall and the all oh, power and the vision. Thank You want the We love you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for and the coming to this the earth, serve, and coming out. as a baby and, and showing us the Lord. way. Thank you, Lord. You came to I die, just show us the way, and then to die for us. Glory. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, you, Father God, for sending our Savior to you on that blessed, blessed, holy, holy night. Glory, 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 glory. (laughs) i <laughs> Alex, you mm mm-hmm.
2: Thank
0: you, Lord, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory be your name, Lord Jesus.
2: Oh, Father, we glorify you. We magnify you. We honor you, Father God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. Father, it's our honor and our privilege to be gathered in your house on such a precious day. And, Father, we give you honor and glory and praise as we approach your word this morning. Father, I ask... Father, we ask together, united, we ask, Father, that you open up the eyes of our understanding, that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to understand that which you have provided for us. Father, help us to see the word in a whole new way. Help us to understand the fullness of why Christ came and what he obtained for us. And, Father, we give you glory and honor and praise Satan we bind you in Jesus name you'll not come you'll not interfere you'll not distract you will not, you will not come and steal the word immediately in Jesus name we bind you and father we loose the powers of heaven we loose the angelic assistance this morning and father we thank you for, help for sending us help from on high this morning in Jesus mighty name amen and amen Mm -hmm. you can be seated this morning glory to god if you're joining us online uh get you a cracker piece of bread moon pie something another butter something and some juice or water or something because we are going to do communion uh glory to god i know several people are wondering where our brother Derek is he's at our house he's doing well um he is losing weight at such a phenomenal rate that his body doesn't know how to respond. Uh, so we had a very, very late night last night. Um, and uh, But thank God, uh, through the wonderful provision of, of the wisdom of God, uh, we were able to get him some help and some assistance from the doctors over here at Erlanger. Um, and he is doing much better glory to god um his body just i don't know what am i doing glory to god but he's doing well he'll he might be with us tomorrow evening if not he'll be back with us i'm sure by wednesday um but glory to god he's he's on the mend glory to god he's got
1: i'm uh, sure he's listening
2: yeah i'm sure he's got us online and uh, glory, 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 glory. Well, I know the last two Sundays we've been talking about God's provision for Christ. And I said, you know, if that's the way God wants us to go, we'll continue on that. But we're going to go a slightly different direction. We'll come back to the provision that God had for Christ uh, probably in the new year. Uh, but uh, this morning I want to talk to you about um, our conquering king and our position with him our conquering king and our position with him uh, let's go to um, let's go to revelations chapter nineteen revelations chapter nineteen I just we're going to follow the Holy Ghost because I don't know exactly how this is going to flow all day, all night, last night, all, all this morning, all, um, couple days leading up to that. All I kept, I just kept hearing these words in my spirit. Conquering King, conquering King, conquering King. We don't really have, we don't, we don't really understand what Jesus did. We don't really have a revelation of what we have in Christ. I mean, if we understood it, wow, the difference we would make. I have always pondered and wondered about the revelation that John G. Lake had about God's healing power. If you need healing, this might be your service. Uh if you don't know, uh John G Lake was a minister back during the during the time of the bubonic plague. Uh and he he was moved by the spirit. Now you don't do this unless you've got the spirit moving you to go do this. He was moved by the spirit to go uh I believe it was to an island where the bubonic plague was just I mean, it was just rampant. It was rampant. They were dying by the hundreds, and gro- I mean, just massive. And uh, when somebody dies of the bubonic plague, this white foam comes out of their mouth, and that is the active virus or, or infection, whatever it is. And uh, John G. Lake, with no protective gear of any type other than the blood of Jesus and a revelation of what Jesus had obtained, uh, went and was ministering these people, and as uh, my understanding, um, he he went to minister to them out of a heart of compassion because, like I said, they were dying by the hundreds and thousands. I mean, it was, it was massive. And he just had a heart and compassion for because he knew once they take their last breath, that's it. Their eternity is sealed. He understood that. And so he went out of a heart of compassion to minister Christ literally to the dying. That's literally what he was there to do. And in the process, uh, he ended up actually having to carry out bodies of dead people and helping to put them in mass graves and things like that. Um, but do you know that he never came down with a bubonic plague? Never. He never did. In fact, scientists were in shock and awe. Medical professionals of his day were in shock of awe because they said, because they come in in their rubber suits and all that, and they're like, you can't be here. You're going to get this. You're going to die. And this was his response. He said, no, I won't. And they said, what do you mean you won't? Of course you will. He said, no. He said, I'm sealed in the blood of Jesus. He said, if that virus comes in contact with my skin or with me in any way, shape, or form, he said, that virus will die immediately. Now, when was the last time you thought about the flu or allergies or pain or, or swelling COVID. or inflammation or anything that comes in contact with your body you know we get a little bit of pressure in our ear and we're like oh here comes the sinus infection you get a little snotty whatever oh here comes this you get a little twinge in your knee all oh, that knee's getting ready to go out you know but no he said if any type of sickness even comes in contact with my skin it will die immediately well of course the scientists all said well you're crazy and lunaticy. and he said i'll tell you what he said, why? He said, you see that? And that's what he told the professionals. He said, you see that white foam coming out of their mouths, the dead bodies? And they said, yeah. He said, that is the live active virus or infection, whatever it is. And uh, they, he said, if, you, if you'll take a swab of that and put it under the microscope, you can see that that thing is alive and active. And they said, yeah, we know that to be true. He said, well, you can take some of that foam, some of that... Stuff, and you can rub it on my skin and watch it and you'll see you'll watch it instantly die when it comes in contact with my body and they did just that and uh, instantly the virus Died. And they said, Why does it die? You must have some immunity. You must have something that causes that to happen. He said, No, I have the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And every name that's named is under his name, and that sickness has no right to touch me. Now talk about a revelation. Talk about a revelation. I believe that John G Lakes came across a scripture that we probably overlook more often than we should. Um because I, I believe that he that he came across this scripture and I believe that he meditated on it and meditated on it and meditated on it until it became a reality to him. Go to Philippians chapter 3. I know I said revelations, but <laughs> we're following the Holy Ghost. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3. I want to look at a few I want to look at this verse right here. Uh Philippians chapter three, and uh, let's look at let's start in verse eighteen and go to the end of the chapter. Philippians three eighteen to the end of the chapter. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Let us know when you get there. Thank you, Father.
1: I'm going to start in 17.
2: Okay. He's backing up. All
1: right. So, brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Come on. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. And whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven. From, he- from whence also we look for our, sa- our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself.
2: Glory to God. Now we're going to read it out of the Amplified. The Amplified brings out a little bit more. This is the classic Amplified. It's this
1: page. Oh, 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 I'm on the wrong side. side. Gotcha. All right. Brethren, together follow my example and observe those who live after the pattern we have set for you. For there are many of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even with tears, who walk live as enemies of the cross of Christ, the Anointed One. They are doomed, and their fate is eternal misery, perdition. Their God is their stomach, their appetites, their sensuality, and they glory in their shame. Siding with earthly things and being of their party. But we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. And from it also we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory. And his majesty by exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself.
2: Yeah, and you may notice this amplifies a little different than what he's reading. I have the classic, this is the new one. But go back to verse 20 for me, Brooke. It says, But we are different because our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is heaven. When you move your citizenship from one, most of the time you can, most people don't, at least today, it's more common to have a dual citizenship versus you're a citizen. But, you know, when we were younger, you went from, you know, if somebody left, say, Russia, uh, if if they were changing, not getting dual citizenship, but changing their citizenship, they would no longer be a citizen of their original country, saying, like russia but they would then become a citizen of the united states see when we received the lord jesus christ we were no we are no longer citizens of the earth we are now citizens of heaven let's read this out of the moffats i don't think we have the moffats on the on the computer and now that Um,
1: that that happens even if we don't immediately transition to heaven which hopefully we won't right
2: no 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 this happens the moment you receive jesus christ
1: but it's like getting an address change once you go to the yeah once you go to the post office and change your address it's changed yes even though you might still be living at the old address your mail's going to go to the new address yeah it's the same thing with heaven once you change your citizenship to heaven you are a citizen of heaven. You are no longer a citizen of the earth even though you're still living on the earth.
2: That's right. Let's let's read this out of the Moffats. I really like the way Moffats puts it.
1: All right. Uh, copy me, brothers, one and all of you, and take note of those who live by the example you get from me.
2: Okay, so what did Paul tell us to do? Copy him. Why? Because he copies Jesus. So where to copy? Where to live? Just in a unique, we're to live like Paul lived. And how much you know Paul lived, a, I mean, Paul lived an extraordinary life. I don't know too many people that can be uh, striped 39 times three different, on three different occasions and still be functioning. Uh, not only that, he was shipwrecked multiple times. There were multiple times that people set out, I mean, they were hunting him to kill him. And he escaped miraculously time and time again. The one that really gets me is the boiling in oil. That's the one that really gets me. Uh, But how much do you know? Why was he able to sustain? He went through periods where he didn't have food. He went through, listen, being shipwrecked, he was a night and a day in the ocean, Or the sea. I don't. I don't know if he was in the Sea of Galilee or if he was out there in the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean. Mediterranean. I believe he was in the Mediterranean Sea. That's not a cool place to be for a night and a day. You know, your body's going to reach some exhaustion. How are you going to tread water all that time? Plus, there's all kinds of creatures in that water. Let's just be real. How did? How was he able to? Listen, they stoned him to death, and he came back to life. How did Paul accomplish all of these works? Because he understood his citizenship was not of the earth. In other words, he was not tied to the rules and the regulations of this earth. He was tied to the rules and the the regulations of the spirit realm of heaven. This is why Jesus said, not only will you do works that I do, but you'll do even greater works. That's pretty impressive. It took Jesus three days to come back from the dead. Paul knocked it out in no time. Why? Because of the work of Christ. Because of the work of Christ. Come on. Let's, he said, follow me. We need to get... We Listen. You need to get in the position where, if you get stoned, you pop back up. You need to learn to be like a clown, you know that clown where you punch it and it flings back at you That's the way we're supposed to be when life hits, we hit back. Have you ever listen, I remember being a little playing with that little thing, and you get to hitting it real good, and all of a sudden it comes back real hard at you and it it'll smack you. Come on now we gotta we gotta smack life back sometimes. Right, let's keep going
1: all right. <laughs> For many, as I have often told you and tell you now with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ.
2: Now, he's talking about Christians. He's talking to Christians. And he said, many of you live as an enemy of the cross. In other words, you live like sinners. You live like you belong to Satan. You live like you're a resident of hell. And and he
1: said and that grieves me. and, des- oh, and destruction on. is their fate. The belly is their god, meaning their their fleshly desires, their wants, their the things they want to do. That's their god. That's it's who they god. put. That's what they put first. Is what their flesh wants. Come on. They glory in their shame. These men of earthly mind. But we are a collet. What did he them? say? He said, said, they glory in their shame, these men of earthly mind.
2: What is is their mindset?
1: It's not heavenly.
2: They've got an earthly mindset. What did Jesus tell us to do? He said, we are to wash our minds with the washing of the
1: word. Word. Daily.
2: And he said that we are to not be conformed to this world. That sounds an awful lot like they're conformed to this
1: world. Yes, it does. But
2: instead, we're supposed to be transformed how by the washing of the mind with the word come on now check this out oh i love this i love how he says it
1: but we are a colony of heaven
2: Ooh, glory glory glory, glory. so even though they
1: don't live in heaven they live here on the earth they're a colony they're citizens of heaven
2: how much and you... they
1: they they abide by the laws of heaven not by the laws of the earth.
2: You'd have to live with your head under a rock to not know that they have been talking about putting a colony of earthlings, a colony of humans on Mars for decades. They've been talking about it for decades. I mean, they've been talking about it for as long as I, as far as I know, my life. They've been talking about that. How much do you know, if they take a bunch of people and they put them in a ship and they transport them and they start living on Mars, how much do you know they're still residents of heaven?
1: And they're st- I mean, they're, residents of the earth. And they're still earthlings.
2: They're still earthlings. They're still residents of the earth. In fact, if you watch any sci-fi stuff that has that, they all say their home place is earth. But they're living on Mars. They don't call them Martians. They call them earthlings living on Mars. A colony. Well, guess what God did? When God sent Jesus Christ and he died on the cross and he rose again and he applied his blood on the mercy seat, that was the ship that was able to take us to our new homeland, heaven. And we get on that ship by accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life. The only difference, and immediately, bam, we become a resident of heaven. But we're still here on the earth now as a colony. We're now a colony on the earth. Why? Because we no longer have residency here on the earth. Our residency is now in heaven. We're just here temporarily to do a job. Oh, we're here to do a job your Your understanding of your authority hopefully will change today. Glory to God. come on, we're a colony now
1: all right, so we are a colony of heaven, and we wait for the Savior who comes from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, Glory who will God. transform the body that belongs to our low estate. Till it resembles the body of his glory.
2: How much you know the scripture said Jesus being made a little lower than the angels, talking about his physical body. Our physical body, being mortal, is a low estate, but our spiritual body is of the highest estate. Why is it of the highest estate? Because we are one with Christ. We're one with him. Not only are we a resident of heaven, but we're seated on the right hand of of God. We're seated in the throne. There's the Father, there's Jesus, there's us, and we're all in one throne together. Glory to God. We're residents.
1: Come on. All right. By the same power that enables him to make everything subject to himself.
2: Oh, wait. Go back and read that again.
1: By the same power. Back back, back up. Just a little bit more. Okay. that, who will transform the body that belongs to our low estate till it resembles the body of His glory by the same power that enables him to make everything subject to himself.:
2: So the same power that Jesus that makes Jesus the head of everything is the same power that quickens us. It's the same power that's going to transform us from mortality into immortality, the same power. But here's the deal. Too many people are waiting to get to heaven, but that same power is already in us. Our, our spiritual state has already been quickened. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, your spiritual state becomes don't, – don't throw stones at me. Listen to me. Your spiritual state through Christ becomes the same as Christ. Yes. Your spiritual state. So okay, you can walk around and say, through Christ, I am Christ. Oh, now that can rattle some people from a spiritual standpoint. Through him, in him, by him, we are, to be, we are just like him. Now, without him, we're nothing. But with him, we're exactly like Jesus. Too often when we pray, we go with the mindset of we're a weak earthling that maybe God knows or doesn't know. We go with a mindset of, well, yeah, I know I'm his child, but there's always a but. There's always a, there's always a, there's always a, but I'm human. Yeah, there's always a disqualification. Well, I'm human or I'm not walking exactly right. Listen, if you've got sin in your life, it's because you're not walking in the power that you have to overcome it. You're choosing to lay aside your heavenly benefits. I'm gonna pick on Derek for a minute. It's alright, he'll give me permission. Uh, when, when he got done with his surgery. Cause you know, he's, I mean, for the, for Derek's size, he's incredibly healthy. I mean, incredibly healthy for his size. No, he really doesn't have any pain medicines or, I mean, prescription medicines as much. I mean, some stuff to help with pain because of the size and some blood pressure, which he no longer has high blood pressure. We took him to the doctor when he was in pain, and his blood pressure was practically better than mine. I was like, Oh holy cow, Derek. That's amazing. But when – and because of that – um You know, we went and got his prescription filled. Well, you know, after a surgery like that, you got to be concerned about blood clots. So they had him on these injections twice a day for 21 days. And uh, we went to pick it up, and they said, well, we only have the one. We'll get you the rest tomorrow. And we said, okay. And they said, "Um, it's going to be $250. And we went, wait, what? And they said, that's per syringe. We went, wait, what? Wait, what? And I said, "Uh." I said, did his insurance not cover it? And they said, we don't have any insurance on file. So I said, Derek, where's your insurance cards? He said, the house. I said, oh, we'll be back. So we went and we got his insurance cards. Not one card, not two cards, but three cards, three different types of insurance. And they all have prescription coverage. But he's been paying all year. He's been And he's had this coverage for like three years. And yet the pharmacy doesn't have any record of it. So for three years he's been paying out of pocket for his medications, for three years. So I said, "Oh no, no, no! We're going to go get this. We're going to go get this." And uh, so I kind of, so we went and got it and brought it back and turned in the paperwork. And I said, "And he's paying." I said, "Derek, it's not going to be that. You've got insurance." He said, okay. So I went to the table. I, went, I, went, I got it all ready, and I went up to the counter, and I said, well, how would we come out? They said, you owe us $3.10 for everything. $3.10 for everything. I said, glory to God. How much do you know? He had a benefit, but he wasn't taking advantage of it. We have a benefit in Christ. We've got the same Holy Ghost that cured him of, now listen to me, every sickness and every disease that has ever been was laid upon Christ. He became one with that sickness, and in the instant of the moment of coming in contact with the Holy Ghost, every sickness and every disease left his physical body, including death including death, left his physical body when he came in contact with the quickening power of the Holy Ghost. Not only did every sickness and disease leave immediately, but every sin was not... The Bible says every sin was laid upon him, but it also says that he became sin. In other words, sin was his controller and his ruler. And the moment that Jesus came in contact with the Holy Ghost who eradicates sin, every ounce of that sin left him. And that power hit his body in the pit of hell. Now, don't you say, well, see, if, if, Jesus, if I'm everything in Jesus, then I can go to hell, and the Holy Ghost will come down there and get me. Uh, no, that was a one-time experience, and that was for, reserved for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No, you got to take that medicine. you got to take that, that benefit before you leave out of here. How do you take it? By receiving him as Lord. Glory to God. He said, who shall change. These bodies are bodies right now in their current state. Look at what the scripture says. Look at the word the Holy Ghost used through Paul. He said, this body is vile. What? I mean, you could have somebody in here that's a fit pro. I mean, a perfect specimen. They ain't got nothing but the perfect amount of fat on. I mean, a perfect fit human specimen today, and God would look at that physical body and say it's vile. Why? Because it's corrupted with Christ. I mean, corrupted with the seed of Satan. And it's that corruption that the Holy Ghost eradicates. He said, who shall change our vile body? Who does the work? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. That it may be fashioned that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That's the only part of the redemptive work that we're still waiting for, is for this mortal body to take on immortality, this mortal body to be put back to the creator's original design. It's the only part we're waiting for. But every other promise, every uh, all of the giftings, all of the power, all of the anointing, all of the blessings, everything that all of the finances, all of the peace, all of the joy, all of the comfort, all of everything that we all of the faithfulness, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us, belongs to us right here, right now. Turn to John ten. 10. Glory to God. Glory to God. John ten ten. Oh, we know that one. That's a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you stop right there, you don't know the rest of it. Nope. If that's where you stop, you're missing out on the most important part of that scripture.
1: Glory to God. Because that's only half the scripture. Come on. The scripture reads, "The thief cometh not, but to steal, but for to steal and to kill." And to destroy. If
2: there is anything colon. in your life that is stealing, killing, or destroying any part of your life, it is because Satan is at work in your life.
1: Okay.
2: Glory to God.
1: But then there's a colon. Come on. Which means that what follows is directly related to what, what, what we just said. Come he on. says, I, and this is Jesus' words, so he's saying, I am come that they might have life and they might that they might have it more abundantly. And you notice he doesn't say they will, he says they might. It means there's something we have to do in order to receive that.
2: Why did this why did God, the second part of the head of the Godhead? Why did Jesus? Why did this little baby that we're celebrating? Why did he come? To give us life. Did he come just to give us life? No. He came to give us the abundant life. If Satan is stealing, killing, and destroying any part of your life, are you living abundantly? No. How much do you know? I mean, we just we just scratched the surface of the provision of Christ.
1: Now, now does it say right here that, that when y'all get to heaven, you'll have this? No. No, it doesn't. No. He's He's telling them that right now, that he came that they can have it right now
2: we've just scratched the surface we know that Jesus came from Mary and Joseph who were both blessed under the under the law which meant that they had resources and they were prosperous so he was he he was born into despite what many theologians will tell you you know i was looking at well we'll look at it here in a second that
1: We're going to look at it now. We're going to look at it right now.
2: (laughs) Go to Mark, chapter 2. See, this is why it's great to see what the theologians have to say, but you need to measure everything the theologians say by the word, by the spirit, because the theologians will get you wrong thinking, because here's what a theologian does. A theologian takes a theory about christ and then they look to the word to prove it they don't look they don't necessarily and and other historical documents they don't or they look at the bible and they look for historical documents that support the bible but a, a a theologist a person that studies religion or the word um they have their own ideas and and Oftentimes, those ideas or those concepts will twist their understanding of the word, because they're going to try to make the word fit what they already believe. So when you look at commentaries on the, on the verse that we're fixing to look at, many in fact, almost every commentary will tell you that the how, let's look at uh, um, uh, Luke two verse mark two. Uh, I mean mark mark 2 uh, verse 15 just verse 15 for just a moment
1: and it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house many publicans and sinners sat also or sat also, together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Now,
2: when you look at the, the if you when you look at commentaries and the, from, and from theologians, they'll take this verse and they'll say that Jesus was at Levi's house or Matthew's house. But let's go back up a verse. Let's go back up a verse. <clears throat>
1: And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Well,
2: let's go back up to verse.
1: Okay. Verse thir- 13. 13. Okay. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Which
2: is also Matthew.
1: Sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him.
2: Did Jesus say, take me to your house? Did Jesus say, hey, go home and let me follow you?
1: Did did he say, lead me? me.
2: Did he say, lead me? No. Jesus said, follow me. Now, if uh, somebody that I don't know, let's say, oh, I don't know, Bob down the road that I don't know, comes to me and says, hey, follow me. And then he says, by the way, where do you live? Or Bob says, hey, follow me, and then Bob leads me to my house. Do you think I'm going to let Bob in my house? No. I'm probably calling the cops and being like, I have a stalker who's just, that I've never met before, and they just led me to my own house. This is a little creepy. No. Where did Levi follow him to? To His, his house. house. His house. Do you see how people can get you messed up because they have their own idea? Why did they say this? Because there was this teaching for I don't know how long. It's still out there. It's still very prevalent today. There's this teaching that Jesus was poor and didn't have a house. Well, if Jesus is poor and doesn't have a house, and this scripture says he was in his house, well, then how do I make that scripture fit what I believe? You just took the scripture out of order, and you just wrongly divided the word of God. Oh, we do this so much when like, it comes to who we are in Christ.
1: I like how it says that. Oh, it, we do this so much. As Jesus sat at meat in His house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus. So, how many is many? Is that we one, had, two, five, or six? It's a mass of people. It, it, in my mind, it's at least ten. Oh, probably yeah. more.
2: It was honestly hundreds, hundreds.
1: Because it's many publicans and, and sinners.
2: Yeah. Okay. This was this was this was so many that the house was overflowing.
1: And then hundreds. Also, his disciples were there. So that's at least enough so like we're probably talking at least twenty-five people here.
2: Oh no, no, no. That word many, not to not to fuss with you, but that word many means a very large quantity. Okay.
1: So all right. So probably what, hundreds, a hundred? Hundreds. A hundred? Hundreds?
2: Hundreds. It was hundreds. We know that his house was huge. We've, we've seen that in the scriptures, so, that it was so a that, large house. All,
1: all these folks are sitting together with Jesus at dinner in his house.
2: Yeah. How do you think, Matt, how do you think Levi would feel if, if this is the first time? I mean, Levi's sitting there c- collecting receipts. And he's minding his own business, and here comes this guy that he doesn't know at all, and he says, "Hey, follow me." And then he says, and then while they are walking, he goes, "By the way, um, where's your house?" Uh, hey, um, can um, you know? my people might so. say, "Well, he was God; he knew where <laughs> Levi's house was." That's not how the gift of word, the word of knowledge, and the word of wisdom works. I mean, yes, the Spirit can lead you there, but doesn't. But can you? But so okay. But even if you were, even if you were, even if Jesus said, "So, by the way, where's your house?" Or even if Jesus led him there by the Spirit. How much of you are going to go in your house and there's hundreds of people following you. Are you going to be real quick to let hundreds in? No. Come on. Common sense right here. But we do this type of stuff with the Word. We discount the Word based on what we already believe. Instead of letting the Word change our thinking. Change our thinking.
1: Not only that, do you suppose he had, had enough to feed hundreds of folks at his house?
2: Now let's go to Revelations chapter 19.
1: All right, Revelations let's look 19. At, let's,
2: let's begin to look at this word the way God said it. Let's begin to not base this off of our preconceived ideas and notions, but let's let the Holy Ghost reveal some things to us.
1: Come on. All right, where are we going? Verse 1. Verse 1, all right. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation, and glory, and honor, and power unto the Lord our God.
2: Oh, my goodness. In heaven he heard many voices. It does, he was in heaven. The more, he, he was in heaven, and there was people in heaven, and these people are all worshiping God. One thing we know is when we get to heaven, we're going to worship God. Glory to God. Come on. So we might as well get our practice on here in the earth. Amen. It's going to be a sad day when you get to heaven and you've never praised the Lord. You're going to be going, what do we say?
1: Yeah. What do They're we They're going do? to put you in remedial uh, praise. In
2: remedial praise. No, no, no. Let's learn to do this here now. Come on. And they, and they tell us what they say. They say, hallelujah, salvation, glory, honor, power unto the Lord. That right there blesses the Lord. Let's keep going. All right. And notice there's a, call, a colon. Yes. It's fixing to explain why they're worshiping.
1: All right. For true and righteous are his judgments, colon. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. Listen.
2: They said, they're worshiping, saying, because you did this, we worship you. Because of this, we worship you. Because of that, we honor you. Come on. Learn how to worship. Come on.
1: And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshiped God that sat on the throne.
2: Where's God sitting?
1: On the throne.
2: Now, it says that they worshiped God. Oh, but keep coming.
1: They worshiped God that sat on the throne, saying... Amen. Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth,
2: I heard, I heard, it says, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and, and many waters. He, the, 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 God is sitting on his throne, and God said, huh, I hear many voices. I hear, I, I hear many waters. Waters already always represents the nations and the masses. But this is God saying this. God says, I hear many people and many many waters. Let's keep going.
1: And as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, Clean and white, colon.
2: Who's the voices? Who's the multitude? Who's the many waters? The wife. The wife. Go back. Let's go back and look at it. Go back and look at it. Let's back up to where he said, I heard many voices. He said, and I heard as it were the voice of a a great multitude and as a voice of many waters and as the voice of a mighty thunderings. This is a lot saying hallelujah for the lord god um, um, omnipotent reigneth keep going
1: let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready
2: those in heaven so yes there were people in heaven worshiping but this is also referring to the believers on the earth who are who are walking in the spirit and are ready for the coming of the bridegroom. There, he, he hears from heaven. He hears the voices from heaven. I mean, from earth. He hears the bridegroom. Listen, we have a job to do to get ready. What the bride... Listen, the I, some of y'all that haven't been married yet, you don't get this. But when you're getting ready to get married, you are you are looking forward to your marriage with expectation. You're preparing yourself. You're you're planning. You're planning your life. You're planning what your days are going to look like. You're planning what your fellowship's going to look like. You're, the wives are planning the meals. They're planning how they want to arrange things so that the husbands are comfortable and satisfied. There is a preparation time and that wife takes if, if she understands marriage at all she takes the time to prepare herself to be the perfect wife now because we live in vile crap bodies we fall short but that heart that desire is in you as a bride that desire is in you and you anticipate what this marriage is going to look like. Come on, church. Instead of paying attention to what what, instead of paying attention to what the devil's saying, we ought to start looking at our bridegroom. We ought to start looking at our husband in the spirit. We ought to start looking at our Jesus. We ought to start, that's what this whole Christmas season is about. The whole Christmas season is about us taking three, four weeks, five weeks and preparing for the coming of the King coming. We're supposed to be building ourselves. We should be talking about every. When people say, are you ready for Christmas? Your response, Now I'm guilty, your response should be, oh God, no, I haven't done da-da-da-da. No, your response should be, I am so ready to worship the coming King. I'm overwhelmed with a hunger. I'm over. I can't wait for Christmas Day to get here so I can get with my body. I can get with my family, and we can come to together as a heavenly choir and we can begin to worship the coming king that's what this holiday is about this holiday is not about santa claus rudolph frosty cookies we love the cookies it's fine it's not about the cookies it's not about the hot chocolate dear lord in heaven it's not about the seven thousand rom-coms on the tv it's about the coming king Oh, the coming king. There should be an excitement. Notice the church, the bridegroom. She's his wife. Was excited. She was rejoicing. She was singing. That's what the carols are all about. That's why we sing. Go tell it on the mountain. For weeks leading up to this holiday, we should be making. I mean, we should be noising it everywhere. The king is coming. The king is coming. Oh, he's coming. We're celebrating that the king is coming. Because with every passing year, we're one step closer to his return. Oh, one step closer. This is why we celebrate Christmas is for the coming of our king. Come on. Y'all didn't know all that was in there, did you? Glory to God. I don't even know where we are. Let's go. Whoo!
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints.
2: Notice it's not, oh, Brother rainey has been talking about this lately. Notice, it, notice they had to be ready. They had to be prepared. They had to be rejoicing. They had to be in the spirit. They had to be worshiping and then was granted unto them. That they should be arrayed in fine linen. Then they should be clean and white. For their fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Brother Randy, the Lord showed him the rapture years ago. And what he saw in the spirit was not what they show in TV and written in la- la- it's not going to be everybody's going to be out living like uh, enemies of the cross and yet because they once said a prayer they all just whoosh, 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 whoosh they all disappear no that's not how it's going to happen what's going to happen is the the closer Christ comes to the earth the more our spirit is going to become overwhelmed the more our spirit we're going to be like I got to get in the church I got to get in the prayer room I got to get in the prayer closet I got to Meeting. No, we won't know the exact day and we won't know the hour, but we will know that it's very, very close. And there'll be a draw in our spirit. Such—I mean, there'll be such an intense draw. You'll feel like if you don't start praying, something's going to—you're going to be like, "I have to pray." I have. Yeah, you're going to feel like you're going to bust, and you're going to get caught up in the spirit. And the people that are caught up in the spirit at His coming are the ones that are going out of here. This confirms it. They were in the process of worshiping. They were in the process of loving on him. They were in the process. They were in the spirit. And then it was granted unto her, the wife, those in the spirit, the bridegroom, the church. Come on.
1: Come on. And Whew, we got to get to verse 16. Okay. And he saith unto me, write. Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb.
2: Oh, man, you want to be called. Woo! You want to be called. What is that calling? It's that urge to get in the Spirit. It's that urge to get in that Spirit. It's the hunger to be in the Spirit. That's the calling.
1: That's the calling. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Glory to God. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. Glory to God. And he sat upon him and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness. He doth judge and make war.
2: Who is Jesus? He is faithful and true. And he is the judge. And he does make war. But he's not making war with mankind. He's making war with Satan and his kingdom. If mankind wants to get in the way, that's their choice. Ooh, I'm not getting in the way. I'm going with the, with the faithful and the true. Come on
1: his eyes his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns
2: many what's that say many a great multitude of crowns every time jesus obtained a victory he got a victor's crown every time he, he overcame a sickness, there was a crown. Every time he overcame a devil or a demon, there was a crown. He comes with many crowns, many. He comes with the victor's crown. He comes with the soul winner's crown. He comes with the royal, I mean, these are the royal diadems. Have you ever heard that song, the angels bring forth the royal diadem? And you've ever, have you ever wondered what the royal diadem is? It's the king's crown. He comes with the, he, not only does he have the victor's crowns, not only does he have the soul winner's crown, cause you know what? No soul, no soul gets saved without Jesus. Every soul that gets saved is a crown. He has the victory crowns. I mean, he's got crowns, 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 and more crowns. He's got tons of crowns, but then he's got the royal diadem, which says, I am the ruler and the king of everything. Oh, come on. Look at this. His eyes were as a flame of fire. I have heard multiple ministers talk about that there have been times where Jesus would appear to them with righteous indignation, and they have said there was fire that shot out of his eyes. Talk about power and glory. I, don't want, I really don't want to meet that side of Jesus. No. I really don't. But if I need correcting, I'll take it i
1: And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself.
2: <laughs> There's a name. How much do you know you have a name that you don't know? Do you know that? You have a name that you don't know. The Father God, when he, when he birthed you out of his spirit, when he birthed your eternal you, your spirit, out of his spirit, he named you. And when you get to heaven, you will find out your name. In fact, he will imprint his name, not a tattoo. He will imprint your name, on his your actual name on you or on your somewhere on you somehow. You actually get it stamped somehow. I don't know if it's on your clothing, on your forehead. I don't know. I don't know. But you have a name, and it will be on you. Okay. Well, I don't want people thinking you can go out and get a tattoo, and it's okay because God's going to tattoo you because it's not. The world's tattoos are counterfeits for what God's going to do.
1: That's true. That's Satan's counterfeit. It's what he likes to do. Yep. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood.
2: Oh, my goodness. Here he is. He's on this beautiful white horse. He's got this vesture, this cloak, this garment over him, and that that garment has been dipped in his blood. Dipped in his blood. Why is that important? Because it's his blood that, (laughs) it's the blood that washes the saints clean. It's the blood that paid for you and me. It's the blood that makes us peculiar people. It's the blood that was paid. It's the blood that was laid upon the mercy seat. It's the blood that overcomes every work of the enemy. It's the blood that brings the cure for all sickness and disease. Come on. The blood. Oh, come on. Don't disconnect yet, church. Come on. we got to see a few things.
1: Come on. And his name is called the Word of God.
2: Uh, uh, what, what, what's his name?
1: The Word of the God. The
2: Word of God. The one on the white horse, his name is the Word of God. If you don't have that marked, you need to mark it. His name is the Word of God. Come on.
1: And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with an iron or with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the almighty god and he hath on his vesture and on his hat ho- on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords
2: Now obviously the great King of Kings is not riding the horse half naked Cuz some people have said well he's got the King of Kings Lord of Lords engraved on his thigh Well if it's engraved on his thigh and he's got clothes on how you going to see it He ain't riding the horse naked Come on No it's It's written on whatever attire he has, maybe it's written in the glory of God, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but how much do you know he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he is the written word, how much do you know that makes the Word the King of Kings and the Lord of lords yeah. that makes the that makes the written word the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What does that mean? That means that when you quote Scripture, you are speaking with the authority, the power, and the dominion of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are operating in your citizenship authority. That's why the angels respond to the word. That's why demons respond to the word. That's why you begin to speak healing scriptures over yourself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, begins to operate because you are declaring him. When you declare his word, you are bringing the great physician on the scene. You're calling. Now, this is going to be crazy, and it just popped in my head, but you remember uh, the show Bewitched? Remember when she gets sick, they'd call for Dr. Bombay. Remember, she'd get on her little Dr. Bombay, Dr. Bombay, and here he would show up. Well, how much more will your Jesus show up than a half-drunk warlock on a stupid TV show when the name is called? Come on. No, when we speak the word, the word is Christ. Oh, my goodness. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 14.
1: And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth.
2: The word made flesh. Jesus was made flesh for our benefit. Jesus. Oh, come on. The word of God, the power of God, the authority of God, the anointing of God, the power of God left his home, his heavenly throne and was impregnated into a virgin woman born legally in this world as a baby. And what did the wise men, the Gentiles of the East call him? They called him king of the Jews. And that made Herod mad. Because Herod at the time was the king of the Jews. In fact, he was the king of Judah, specifically. And here he was. So he, he was the ruler of rulers. And then all of a sudden, the, he, there is clamoring all through, all through Judea, all through the, because Bethlehem's in Judea, all through the area and the region, it's being clamored. The king of the Jews, the king of the Jews, the king of the Jews. Somebody was taking Herod's title. And that's why he was angry. because He was angry because the spirit behind, see, the spirit behind King Herod was Satan. And here came this infant, this baby, this king of the Jews to dethrone Satan's rule over Judah. Oh, oh my goodness. But see, when we think of a conquering king, we think of the we think of massive armies coming in and just bulldozing. But not our God. No, our God comes in love and compassion. How much do you know? It's a baby. You grab a ba- you don't look at that baby and go, oh, uh, you you have rule over me. No, he came as the ultimate servant. Oh, my goodness, the Word made flesh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Oh, go to Isaiah chapter 6. Oh, Isaiah chapter 6. Let's look at some things. Actually, hold your place right there. We're going somewhere else first. Hold on. Gotta to listen to the Holy Ghost. I want you to go to. Um, let's go to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one, verse sixteen to twenty-three.
1: Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers.
2: Now, this is a prayer that Paul prays, but Paul is praying for something miraculous for each and every believer.
1: That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him.
2: Notice there's a colon. Paul said, it's my prayer. That, you, that God gives you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It's my prayer that you would be able to fully comprehend what it is that you have in Christ. Let's keep going.
1: The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power.
2: If we understood Jesus' exceeding great power, if we understood, now you've got to remember, Jesus is the second part of the Godhead. When the Father God spoke, all of creation came into existence. When Jesus speaks, all of creation obeys. Come on. When Jesus speaks, all of creation obeys. If we understand that we are Christ through Christ, when we speak, all of creation obeys. Excuse me, say that again. When we understand that in and through Christ, we are Christ, then all of of creation must obey us. But it's in and through Christ. It's in and through Christ. That's his exceeding power that belongs to us. Come on. Let's keep going. All
1: right. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place.
2: How much do you know you've been raised from the dead? Amen. Yes, this physical body, if Jesus delays, this physical body will go in the grave. But your spiritual man has been risen. You will never, I firmly believe, this is what I firm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, cannot be, I cannot be talked out of it. For years... Satan, especially when I was starting to understand who I was in Christ, Satan tried really hard to get me to commit suicide. I mean, I'd be driving down the road and there'd be a semi coming on a two-lane road where there was a heel on one, each side, nowhere for that truck to go. And I mean, this thought was so prevalent in my mind. I mean, it was like a, a, a. I mean, the pressure was so real, and the thought was just, just at the last second, swerve in front of the truck. That'll be it. That'll be done. Why? Because I was on the path to finding out who I was in Christ. And when I find out who I am in Christ, Satan can, Satan no longer has any power, rule, or authority over me. In fact, when I find out who I am, when I find out that I have the same power that Christ has because I'm in Christ, that means that I, now, being a resident of heaven, have all rule, power, and authority over Satan, a resident of the earth. See, we're not ruling from the position of the earth. We're ruling from the position of heaven. We're not ruling from the position of a lowly earth person. We're ruling from the position of the throne room. That's where we roll, that's where we, because sometimes when you step out in your authority, you think, oh my God, what if Jesus doesn't show up? But when you understand that you are Jesus, that question has no power anymore. Why? Because Jesus gave us His power in and through Him. And that's why it says, which which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. When Christ was raised from the dead, and I received Christ as the Lord, I was raised from this earthly person to a spiritual person who now operates in heavenly power and authority. Glory to God. When he sat, we sat.
1: Woo! Come on. Verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named... Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Listen,
2: it doesn't matter what demon in hell shows up at your front door. You have power and authority over him. You have dominion over him. You can say, uh-uh, oh, I'm a resident of heaven. I belong to Jesus Christ. Now, Satan, get yeah. out! And he has to go. Amen. You can shoot like... you Listen, You, I've been accused. I've been accused on more than one occasion about having a look that'll just set you on the run. People will say, people will say, I, I've had this happen to me. Because um, my eyes are typically a real pretty blue, but when I get stirred up, they turn a real ugly, a, 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 a freaky is the word used, a freaky storm gray. And I can cut you a look that will put you you on the run now i've never seen this look but this is what i've been told and i have seen people respond to me that way how much do you know that's the equivalent of lightning shoot or fire shooting from jesus's eyes come on that's operating in the power of heaven come on verse
1: 22 and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, huh. which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all.
2: What's it say? He hath put all things under his feet and gave it what? And gave him, Jesus, to be head over all the church. All the church. Listen church there ain't nothing that we can't overcome when we come together in the power and the name and the word of our king of kings and lord of lords there's nothing that we can't whip you got a sin problem uh put it under the authority you've got a thinking problem put it under the word come on get your get your mind renewed to the word begin to think like jesus thinks jesus never saw a giant demon you know, one time, Brother Randy had a had a minister call him and said, Brother Randy, I've been praying for you, and I caught a glimpse of that demon that's after you, and it's big. Oh, I don't know how you're going to make it, but because it, it's big, but I know you're going to make it. How much you know, when Jesus saw that big demon, Jesus didn't go, oh, it's big. I don't know how I'm going to overcome that thing. No, Jesus stood up in his power, authority, and dominion and said, get. You ain't got no right privilege here. They teach... That it's the time of, at the end of the seven years of tribulation, that there's going to be a big bloody war. But we just saw that when Jesus comes on his horse, and yes, the army's going to be with him, but it said that he opened his mouth and a sword came out of his mouth. It wasn't a literal sword. It was the word of God, Amen. and when that word is spoken, all of hell is brought down. He, Jesus is not going to have to get off his horse and have a hand-to-hand sword fight with Satan to drag him into the pit. That is not what it's going to look like, boys and girls, men and men and ladies. Sorry, I've been preaching youth for that. Just comes out real easy, boys and girls. Oh my goodness! Whoo! Colossians chapter 2. Getting warm yet? Oh, I'm hot. <laughs> I'm hot. Glory to God. Woo! Glory. All right. Verse 11. Colossians All right. chapter 2, verse
1: 11. In whom also ye were circumcised with the circumcision, made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Listen, you got a
2: sin problem? Crucify the flesh like Christ did. Don't go to don't literally do it, but cuz well, you're it, not going to have to suffer the way he suffered, but get bold and say, I'm doing it body I ain't drinking, I ain't cussing, I ain't gossiping, I ain't complaining, I'm not murmuring, I'm not calling myself out anymore, I'm not telling myself you can't be loved, I'm not telling myself any of the lies of Satan, I'm going to begin to speak the truth, now shut up and get it. Amen. Stomp your foot a little bit. It'll be alright. It'll be alright. <laughs> you stomp your foot and somebody comes and says... Brianna's got a foot stomping problem. Brianna, are you stomping at the devil? Yes, ma'am. She's fine. Leave her alone. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Come on.
1: Verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being... Wait,
2: wait. Buried with him in what?
1: Baptism. Baptism.
2: If you have been baptized in Christ, you have been buried with Christ. If you have received Christ, you've been baptized. If you've been water baptized, then that means that you've made a declaration that you're dead to sin on the inside, and now you're going to start living dead to sin. I mean, I'm sorry. You're dead to sin on the inside. Now you're going to start living dead to sin on the outside. If you've been water baptized and you're still sinning, you are making the work of Christ of no effect. Yep. Well, it got quiet in this house all of mm-hmm. a sudden. Amen. Glory to God. I think you better read. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses
2: glory to god
1: blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way nailing it to the his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Listen, when
2: Christ went to hell, when the Holy Spirit went down into hell some point in the three days and quickened his mortal body, when God said that's enough, the, Holy, the, the Father God said, Holy Spirit, that's enough go get my son the holy spirit i guarantee you it probably was like a sonic boom like something you ain't ever heard. The Holy Spirit went so quick out of the heavenlies. He left the kingdom of heaven. It had to shake in all of heaven. He had, he went through the third heaven. He came through the second heaven, which is the galaxy, the stars, and all that. It probably wobbled the planets. The Holy Spirit came so quick. He shot through the earth, earth, right down into the middle of the earth, went into that cell, and leaped. Because remember, before, the Holy Ghost was on Jesus. Now the Holy Ghost is in Jesus how much do you think about what he did when the Holy Ghost was on him now think about what the Holy Ghost does with the Holy Ghost in him he came up out of that cell and I believe it with everything in me I believe the vision that Ed Dufresne saw He, he he had a vision where he saw Jesus laying beaten crucified being tormented in a Cell, And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit entered him, and immediately he was quickened to life, and he rose up out of that cell. Now, this is, this is Ed Dufresne's account from what I've been told. He, he, he came up, he, he, yeah, he rose up, and it said that he came, Ed said, I saw him come out of the cell and walk straight to Satan's throne. He said, he took those long Galilean legs. Apparently Jesus was tall. He took his ta- his long Galilean legs and walked right up to the throne of Satan. There Satan is sitting on his throne. He's got the royal diadem on. He's got his he's got his robe with his short little train. It's got one, it's got one little extension on it with the name Jesus Christ. And he's holding the keys of the earth in his hand. Maybe there's two. He's got two. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's got two. He's got Adam and Eve, all of mankind. And then he's got Jesus Christ. Right about now, Satan's thinking, now that part is all by the Holy Ghost. That's not what Ed Dufresne said. I'm just seeing some things in the spirit. Satan is up there, sitting on his throne. He's got the royal diadem on. He's got his royal cloak on. There's two pieces to the train on there. Mankind and Jesus Christ. He's sitting there with the keys in his hand and he's laughing and here now this is the part that ed dufrane saw he he said i saw jesus get up and he walked with his long galilean legs he walked right up to satan and kicked him with such force in the middle of his head that he flipped backwards off of his throne and rolled how much do you know uh, when he got kicked, the crown came off. How much do you know when, the, when he got kicked, the keys went flying? How much do you know in that moment that robe got ripped? Glory to God. And he said, now how much do you know? The scripture said, yep, you're going to crush his heel, but he's going to, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. How much do you know when you kick somebody with that much force, you might have a little bit of a bruise? huh? But Satan, But Satan's head was crushed. Come on, his head was crushed. Come on. And then Jesus went from there, and he went over there to Abraham's bosom, over to captivity. Those saints that lived, uh, uh, that chose God but still had to go to the grave. He went over there, and he preached himself to the captives. And then all that would receive him, oh, they were raised. Who was raised? Well, obviously there were some in Jerusalem because it tells us in Matthew that uh, the, the graves were open when he died on the cross, but when he rose, they rose. And so he had to get them. And uh, they, all went into the, they all went into the city of Jerusalem. They showed themselves to family and friends. We don't know at what point that they went to heaven, but obviously they ascended when Jesus ascended. Glory to God. Oh, my goodness, the work of Christ. We have that same life-giving power in us. That same Holy Ghost that was in Jesus is in us. That same power, that same authority, that same everything. That's what it means by having spoiled principalities and powers and making a show of them openly. How did he make the show? Now's when you need to go to Isaiah chapter 6. I don't know what we're preaching tomorrow. It's a good thing we said it's going to be a worship service. (laughs) Glory, glory, glory. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. How did he make a show? Oh, how did he make a show? Ooh, Isaiah
1: 6-1. In the year that King Uz, Uz, Uzziah died, I saw also... This, this is Isaiah speaking. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Oh, my goodness.
2: His train filled the temple. I, I heard Pastor Craig teach on this, and, I, and then I went and did my research and found out, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Glory to God. In, in the time of Jesus and in the time biblical times, when the kings ruled, and every king had a royal robe. And their robe was, you know, probably about the height of their body. But then what they would do is every time they conquered a kingdom or an enemy they would either they would what they would do is they would cut a strip of the conquered king's robe, they would cut it, they'd cut a strip off of it, and they would sew it onto their own robe. And and, and, and then on that strip they would either put the name of the kingdom or the emblem of the kingdom Or some type of, or the name of the king. And so when you saw the king in his robe, you could look at his train. And his train would display every kingdom that he had victory over. Every kingdom that he had rule
1: over. Every name that he had rule over.
2: Every name that he had rule over. Now, some kings were kind of very picky about their robes. So, while they would, so, so, uh, so they would still cut the other king's robe because when they cut the king's robe, it showed that their authority was broken uh, and, and that they had no rule anymore. This is why when David cut Saul's robe, it was a big deal. It was a huge big deal because ba- basically what David was saying is, I have conquered you, King Saul, and, and you have no rule anymore. He dishonored the king by cutting his robe. He actually, by cutting his robe, he actually dethroned him. And that's why he had to go and repent because it wasn't time yet. So uh, some kings were very picky about their robes, and they didn't want their robe to look weird with all these different materials, and they didn't want cheap materials. So they would keep rolls of what their robe was made out of. And what they would do is they'd cut the other king's robe but then they would cut a piece of that material that their robe is made out of, and they would take gold thread, thread made out of gold, and they would embroider that king's name or that king's emblem, and they not only would they embroider it with gold thread, but they would also sew on gems and things from their riches to show that, he, that they took their, their uh, treasures. And, and, that, and so every time there was a, a kingdom... Or something conquered, the length of the robe got longer, got longer. Got longer. So, Jesus, so here, um, Isaiah, Jesus had not yet come. Jesus had not yet been born, but Jesus, but I, but um, Isaiah saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. He saw him high and lifted up, and his train. The train of his robe, that's where we get that promise because it makes a train. The train of his robe filled the temple. In other words, there's so, every name that's ever been named is on his. How much do you know, two, three years ago, COVID got added to his train. It got added to his train because it was something new, and he conquered it. Trump didn't conquer it. The vaccine didn't conquer it. Jesus conquered it. Every sickness Every disease, every the name of every demon, the name of every kingdom attached. And so when it said, when he said that he made a show of them openly, when Jesus came out of the grave, they had the robe already prepared. Because Isaiah saw it. It was already prepared. And when he came out, when he, when he went to heaven and he, and he escorted those of the Old Testament that received him into heaven, as they walked in, they put the robe on him. And, his, and the robe was already made. It was already filled. It had the name of every demon. It had the name of every sickness. It had the name of every disease. It had every name that would ever exalt itself against the kingdom of God. It was already on the train. And he walked through the streets of heaven with his robe. And that's how he made a show of them openly. And you get to wear the robe. Because you're in Christ, which means when something attacks, all you have to do is turn around and look and go, that name on there? Oh, I see poverty. I see you, poverty. Uh, You've been defeated. You have no right on my bank accounts. Oh, I see you, arthritis. You have no right. Oh, I see you, inflammation. You have no right. Oh, I see you, you hip problems, leg problems, arthritis, whatever it is. I see your name, which means you've already been defeated. Already been. How did he defeat it? I know we're right here at noon, but we got to get this just a little bit more because we got to get our communion. I just want you to see how did he defeat it? I want you to go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Uh, Real quick. Look at Isaiah 52 verse 14. Verse
0: just, 14.
2: Yeah, just real quick. I just want you to see that one scripture. Isaiah 52:14. 52,
1: 14.
2: 52 50, yeah. 52 verse 14 real quick. I want you to read that scripture.
1: As many as were astonished at the
2: Astonished. Well, it should be astonished, astounded.
1: Okay. <laughs> As many as were astonished at thee, his visage vice, vice, was so marred, more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Okay,
2: the Moffats reads this this way: uh, He was disfigured till he seemed uh, a man no more, deformed out of the se- out of the semblance of a man. So King James, we missed this, but that verse says that basically Jesus was so beaten, he didn't even resemble a man anymore. So now let us look at uh, chapter 53, verse 3, 4, and 5. All right. We know
1: this verse. He despised and rejected. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed.
2: Glory to God. I want to read this out of the Moffats. Um, It's going to read a little different. He's going to pick up. Right here um, in 53:1, and just read that out of the Moffats because it, it it draws such a different picture.
1: Who could have believed? They cry. What have we heard? Whoever had the eternal the eternal's power so revealed to them.
2: He's he's talking to the Israelites. He said you've had you've had God revealed to you.
1: Keep going. Why? Israel of old grew like a sapling, like a shoot springing from dry soil. He had no beauty to attract our eyes, no charm to make us choose him.
2: Jesus looked like a regular guy.
1: Disfigured till he seemed a man no more. That's, where, that's why I had you right? read that in 52. In
2: yeah. he Moffat's kind of moved that scripture to help you understand it a little bit better. So he's right back to 53. Okay. Keep going.
1: Disfigured till he seemed a man no more, deformed out of the semblance of a man. He was despised and shunned by men. A man of pain who knew what sickness was.
2: Look at that. Jesus knows what sickness is.
1: Come on. Like one from whom men turn with shuddering. He was despised. He took no heed or we took no heed of him.
2: He was so acquainted with sickness, you could see the sickness on him to the point that when people saw him, they diverted their eyes. Have you ever seen somebody so sick that you divert your eyes? That's what Jesus looked like.
1: And yet ours was the pain he bore, the sorrow he endured. We thought him suffering from a stroke at God's own hand. Yet he was wounded because we had sinned. Twas our misdeeds that crushed him. Twas our welfare that he was or for our welfare that he was chastised. The blows that fell to him have brought us healing.
2: Many people say, Who's this God that would crucify his son? God didn't God didn't crucify his son. Satan didn't even crucify his son. Mankind crucified Jesus. Why? Because he took our sickness. He took our sin. He took our penalty. He took what we had, which was nothing but the penalty of sin, and he turned it. Listen, he took, you know that, that Christmas song, Little Drummer Boy, All I Have is My Drum. No, no, no. We didn't even have a drum. All we had to offer our God was the sin That we chose of our own free will. That's all we had to offer him. Was our sin. Our sickness. Our poverty. Our disease. And God received it. He received it willingly. He received it willingly. And he took it. And he transformed it. Into liberty. Into freedom. Into prosperity. Into authority. Dominion. And power he took us out of the residency of hell really we were really residents of hell living on the earth he took our residency in hell and transformed it so that we could take on the residency of heaven and we don't we don't we don't understand that go to first corinthians chapter 11 You know, I'm going to read the, I'm going to have him read this out of the Moffats, um, starting in verse the tail end, or no, the beginning of verse 23, 11:23 starts with the I right there.
0: Right, I
2: got 11:23. This is out of the Moffats. It just makes it real simple.
1: I passed on to you what I received from the Lord himself. Namely, that on the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf. And after thanking God, he broke it, saying, This means my body is broken for you.
0: Glory to God. Glory to
2: God. Glory to God.
1: Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup means the new covenant ratified by my blood. As often as you drink it, do it in memory of me. For as often as you eat this loaf and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Hence, anyone who eats the loaf or drinks the cup of the Lord carelessly, will have to answer for a sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man test himself. Then he can eat from the loaf and drink from the cup. For he who eats and drinks without a proper sense of the body, eats and drinks to his own condemnation. That is why many of you are ill and infirm, and a number even dead. If we only judged our own lives truly, we would not come under the Lord's judgment. Thank you, Father. As it is, we are chastised when we are judged by him, so that we may not be condemned along with the world.
2: Glory to God. That's good, right there. Okay, Gloria. Yeah, Zach, if you'll come to serve the people, thank you, Lord. See, when we take communion, and you can do communion as often as you want, you serve the people. Uh, just hold on to it. We'll we'll do it all together. When we take communion, and you should do this at home on a very regular basis. This is why, honestly, why bread is served with most meals. Um, the we should take the time. To stop and think about our heavenly residency. Are we living as residents of heaven? Are we, or are we living as enemies of the cross? If we're enemies of the cross, then we need to make an adjustments. And adjustments real easy. Adjustment is, Father, I see I've missed it in this area. I repent. I'm making the heart decision not to behave or act or do that thing anymore. Father, I need your help to stop doing this. And, and, just, and be sincere in your heart. If you do this from your head, it's not going to – if you do it from your head, not your heart, that's unworthy. And therefore, if, you, if you're like, well, I don't want to be unworthy. I don't want to take it. You don't have to. It's, this is between you and the Lord. This isn't between us and your neighbor or, the, or anybody else. This is just between you and the Lord. But I do encourage you that if you have areas in your life where you're weak, don't wait. Don't wait for the list to get longer and longer. Repent for the things that you know of. Just, just repent for the things that you know about. Get your heart right. And um, get your heart right and, and then take it in. And then take it in. And, uh, and, and, just, and, and, and in that way, uh, we can put that, that. What does that do? That makes us able to, to walk clean with the Lord. What that does is it breaks off the handles that Satan has to come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what this communion is for. And so as we get ready, I want you to take the time. In fact, let's just go ahead and do this now. I mean, honestly, as I was meditating on this and studying on this and thinking on this, and even while I was preaching on this, I thought, Lord, I've got to repent. I have not treated your body as though I should, because truth be told, I... I've been viewing, yes, I know I'm a resident of heaven, but my view has not been appropriate. I, 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 my, my view's been twisted because I still have that mentality of, well, I'm just on the, I'm on the earth. I'm still waiting for God. I have not viewed Christ, I have not viewed myself totally in oneness with Christ through Christ. I've always kind of maintained that human standpoint, and so I said, Lord, I got to repent because I've not embraced the fullness of who You are. Because when I embrace the fullness of who You are, then sickness absolutely must go. It has no right. When I embrace who You truly are and what You truly provided, financial pressures has to go. It, it can't stay. Why? Because you provided for Jesus, therefore Jesus has a provision. Jesus had a provision on the earth, therefore that means Father, you have a provision for me. See, we all have areas. Michael and I all included. We all have areas. Maybe your area is, oh, Lord, I've not been controlling my mouth. That's okay. I've been on that level. You know, we're all at different levels. Don't be like, well, Pastor, I'm not even close to there. Therefore, I can't. No, no, no. You talk to God with where you are and the things that he shows you and the things that he reveals you or the things that you know, that's the things that you repent for. How can, he, how can a good judge judge you for things that you don't even realize you're doing wrong? He can't. But the things that you do know, the things that you do know, glory to God. you have anything to add before we bless Well, let's take the bread, let's take a moment, let's think, let's, you know, if we've got things we've got to make adjustments for, let's make some adjustments. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we recognize that this bread represents your body, your son's body, the body of Christ. Father, we recognize that Christ's body was broken so that we could be made whole. And so Father, as we break this bread, me, break the bread, as we break this bread, Father, we take a moment, and Father, we judge ourselves, and if there's anything in any area that we have wrong, reveal it to us. Show it to us that we may repent and get right. father i thank you now this is me personally but i'm just going to help you father i thank you that you have showed me that i have not truly discerned the work of christ to the level that i should father i repent because i've let some doors open father i've allowed sickness of some measure to remain and i've not stood in my authority i've not stood in my power i've not stood in my might and my dominion to the level that i should and so father i repent father i ask father i make a purposeful heart decision to walk more to walk fully in that abundant life that christ came to give us to walk in our dominion, to walk in our authority, to walk in our power, to walk in our might as Christ died for us to have. And, Father, I ask that you help me and help everyone here to make the adjustments and you strengthen myself and you strengthen everyone here that we not go back but we push forward clean of the things that we're repenting of And, Father, as we do, we take the bread and eat when you're ready. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And, Father, we take the cup, which represents your blood, the blood of your son it represents the lamb slain father it represents the blood that was poured out to cleanse us of all sin and father is his it's it's by the blood of christ that we live and move and have our being and so father we we acknowledge that and we thank you for the pouring out of the blood and father As we take of the cup, we remember the sacrifice of your son, the pouring out of the blood, and we remember the power, the life-giving power that's in the blood in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we can take take of the cup. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Father we thank you that we've ju- that we have judged ourselves rightfully and we commune with you rightfully and therefore all sickness disease lack and poverty is driven from us in Jesus mighty name amen and amen glory to God thank you father thank you father thank you lord thank you father oh glory 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 Zach, if you'll come for our tithes and our offerings, man just does not want to stay with me today. Glory to God. Thank you. You want to bless the tithes and yep. the offerings.
1: Lord, today we truly thank you for, for all you've given, up, given for us. Thank you, you came to this earth and gave up your, your heavenly powers so that you could walk among us and to understand who we are and, and to understand how to help us and And to show us that it can be done, that we can walk righteous, that we can walk holy, that we can walk away from this sin and lead us and guide us and break this power of sin and death off of us, Lord, we thank you for that today. We thank you that you have made us the righteousness with you and in you, that you have that, that we have cruci- that we are able to crucify our flesh put down our flesh, and to walk as you walked, Lord. And we thank you for that ability, and we thank you for that authority of your name, the authority to stand against the devil, to stand against the enemy, and to tell him no in Jesus' name, Glory that we will not go that way. We will walk as the way of, of our Lord and Savior. We will walk in his way. We will be like him. We, we, will, we will call him rabbi. We will call him Lord. We will call him Savior. We will call him Teacher and Light.
0: Thank you, Father. We will
1: call him Brother. Thank you, Father. And Friend. Thank you, Father. He died for us so that we wouldn't have to die eternally. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the strength we thank you for the word that will grow and, and 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 bear fruit in our lives in the lives of those that we come in contact with lord we thank you for your many blessings and we thank you for your plan and your sacrifice lord we give unto you we give unto your kingdom so that your work can be done here on earth as it is in heaven lord we ask that you bless this fruit of our hands this fruit of our labors that it go far and that it Do mighty things in your name. Thank you. Lord, we just ask that you bless us, that you make us strong and you help us to stand, and you make us well able to be a blessing into your kingdom. We thank you for the the help. We thank you for the prosperity. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you for our salvation and our righteousness. We thank you for not being separate from us.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank
1: you, Father. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You must flee, and you do flee in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. The name above all names, the name above your name. You must flee, and we stand against you. You You have no authority here. You have no authority in our bodies. You have no authority in our lives and in the lives of those we touch. We lay our hands upon people and they will recover.
2: Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we glorify you. We magnify you and we honor you. Oh, as we prepare, Father God, to come and worship you. For coming, Father, as we Father, this is just the prelude. This is just this is just the beginning of our of our celebration of you and so father we just look forward to tomorrow evening where we get to come in and we just get to worship and we get to honor and we get to glorify the king of kings and the lord of lords oh the father uh, father we get to honor you our father god we get to honor the holy ghost and father we just give you all the glory honor and praise we thank you for blessing the tithe in jesus mighty name angels according to the word go out and cause prosperity to come to the heirs of salvation cause the prosperity to come according to god according to the riches of god in and through Christ Jesus and father we give you glory and honor we thank you that your word is true and your word is working in jesus mighty name amen